I'd like for us to read our scripture tonight, and this will, this will help us as we gain understanding of the word. Before, before I do this, let me just tell you, there is a, uh, we, if you have, there's some needs for handouts up here um, in the front aisle, middles. Thank you so much, Brother Barber. Thank you. And one there, there's a, there's a need over here for a handout on this side. Thank you. We'll, we'll get some more. Okay. There is a, 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 a relatively common, thank you, sir. Amen. Common thought of, of chemical bonding and solution. And there are some, of course, uh, technical names in the grammar of it, but just for us, uh, or at least for me in layman's terms, there are some liquids that if you put um, uh, something that can absorb the liquid, it can change the constitution of the item in which it has been introduced, such as the case with a cucumber. And, and so there are no pickle plants there are no pickle trees, um, but, but you can pickle uh, just about anything if you put it in the right solution, vinegar, and you leave it there. And, and so um, there, there is a saturation point. Are you with me here? There is a saturation point, and the saturation is that given enough time in the right solution or environment, the constitution of, the, of, of what's introduced in that environment, it does change it. Now, it can do it for the, for the good or for the bad. If you put yourself in an environment where there's hate and anger, retribution, unforgiveness, bitterness, no matter how you started, uh, you might have started with a kind, gentle spirit. Over time, just to survive... You might develop a callus. Chances are it will infect your spirit, your mind. If you inundate yourself with material, reading, listening, music, movies, um, whatever the networks are, whatever the social media is, whatever the internet provides, over time, you will naturally take on the verbiage, grammar, rhetoric, ideas, concept, maybe not in whole, maybe not in full, but it's impossible to saturate yourself in an environment and not be infected. It's impossible to saturate yourself in a place and not be affected. Amen. So it's no wonder why David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that may I seek, that may I seek after, and that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To inquire in his temple. To learn in his temple. There is a change that happens in our lives. When we come into the house of God. Every week. Something changes in our lives. It's the saturation. And it's not just what's being spoken from the pulpit. It, 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 it's not just confined to what's being sung. But it's the spirit of our God 
that joins with us as we join together. And there's a change in our lives. We think differently. We act differently. And that's why we need to be together. And we need to enter into the house of the Lord. Because you may not know it. But the constitution of your life is better over time when you're in the house of God. Amen. Now, I think all of you believe that, but it would be nice if you said amen or acted like you agree with me. If you act like you agree with me, I'll think you do. Even if you don't, pretend it. All right. So I say that because when we're talking about and learning about the fruit of the Spirit, I want you to know that this is a particular uh, word that's, that's translated in its correct form. There's no hidden meaning when we're talking about fruit here. This is exactly what Paul was talking about. So fruit was fruit. And in this particular setting, when we're speaking about the fruit of the Spirit, there, there is a school of thought that I lean toward. And that is, it is one fruit. Now, if you're speaking about deer, you could be talking about your wife or your husband. But if you're talking about the animal, you could be talking about a herd or you can talk about one. There are deer in our yard. There is a deer in our yard. So, so it's, both, it's both singular and plural. When you're talking about the fruit of the Spirit... It could, be, it could be plural, but it might just be singular. And, I, and I, I lean on that because I find it impossible for us to have love but not have long-suffering. So you can't parse them out. Let's read, and, and I'll show you this. But the fruit of the Spirit, read with me now, Galatians 5, 22, 23. Are you ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So here is the fruit of the Spirit. There are nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. Is it plural or is it one? Is it one fruit? So I submit to you that while we can, we can dissect each of the nine, they all go together. They are combined together. Who, who can say, well, I have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, but I don't have goodness. Or I'm not, I, 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 I reject meekness. All of them are combined. Not only are they connected, but they are all part of the fruit, which I think is a singular fruit, which, which makes this a daunting task for us to really exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. <coughs> How do I know that someone has been born again of the Holy Ghost. This is how the Bible says. It's what the Bible says, not me. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared in them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and appeared upon each of them, sat upon each of them. They all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. The Spirit was given the utterance. Everybody was around that spilled out to the cobblestone streets of Jerusalem. People from all over the known world had come for the Passover. And Peter looked around and there were people that were wondering. And the people that were watching, the 120 speak in other tongues, they said, are not all these would speak Galileans? And how we hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. 
And at one point they thought they, were, they had been drinking. And Peter said, these are not drunk as he supposed. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. So, uh, so they were speaking in tongues. How do you know you received the Holy Spirit? The evidence of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Isaiah 28, chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue, I will speak to my people. Amen. This is speaking with other tongues. In the book of Acts, chapter 10, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. For they heard them, here's the next line, for they heard them speak with tongues. How do they know? They heard them speak with tongues. So how do I know someone has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, for the first time? How do I know? It's not just a warm sensation. The Holy Ghost sends the, it, it comes in a person's life and they speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. But now, you're not speaking in tongues now. How do I know that you have the Holy Spirit? You bear the fruit of the Spirit. All right. So the initial sign is speaking with tongues, but the ongoing attributes of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit um, exhibited in your life. How are we doing now? Wouldn't it be just easier to speak in tongues? But now you're commanded to be meek and kind and long-suffering and gentle. Yuck. Come on, we, we, we can get the speaking in tongues down, but what about long-suffering? Well, I'm not teaching that, so hey, whoever's got next week, they're going to have to deal with some stuff. I'm going to make a mess of it, and then they'll clean it up. We're talking no lesson number three, joy and peace. And I, I want to talk to you a little bit first. Some of the stuff that I'm teaching here is not in your handout, but there are, there are blank lines you can write um, if you find something interesting. Let me just give you four attributes of the rule of law. Four attributes of the rule of law. This is not in your handout, but you'll, 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 find, you'll find me here in a moment. The four attributes of the rule of law is that, number one, it has been established. <clears throat> the rule of law is established. So by virtue uh, of the rule of law, something has been founded. It's established. I won't go through that yet in, in full. Number two, it supersedes intent <coughs> or intention. It's the rule of law. That's the rule of law. There's something about it. Number, number three, the rule of law is without debate. It has been settled. So you've got something that's established. It's established. Here's the rule of law. This is how, how we're doing it. It, it supersedes intention. It, it's, it's without debate. Number four, it is a standard. <coughs> my apologies. I'll clear my throat in a moment. So... This is the rule of law that must be considered. And, and so if, if something has been established, if there is an establishment, uh, then, then we could say, this is how it's done. This is how we do it. So if you defy the rule of law, then you are out of order. If you defy the rule of law, there may be a penalty. 
So now let me read from Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. This is on your handout if you have one. It's in the little box, the right-hand box. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So the peace of God has to rule. There is a rule of peace. You must, you must allow that to take precedent in your life. So what do we need to do? We, we must pursue this. And there's subsequent scriptures. But I, I, I want, I, I just, I'd like to just present this one scripture. The Bible says, follow peace and holiness with all men without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, you're not going to go to heaven if you're not holy. The Bible says it. No one holy thing is going to be, be saved. So, uh, I might need a drink of water. I've never asked for a really a bottle of water, but this might be a great time for uh, a kind soul to uh, uh, just, a, yeah, praise God. Okay. My, my sincerest apologies, I had a mint, and it, it, oh, hey, praise the Lord. It was already there. Okay, talk among yourselves. <laughs> okay, amen. I've survived. Brother Tim, did you get me water? Too late, man. I, I, was, I would have died by the time you came back. I'd have been, I'd have choked. But you, you had the right intention. But I want to thank you from the grave. I want to thank you for. <clears throat> okay, okay. But you were on, you were on, you're on track. Okay. <laughs> Follow peace and holiness with all men without which no man's going to see the Lord. Peace and holiness. We've got the holiness. We know what that is. It's inward and not it's outward. But there's also peace that we have to follow. So the word follow there doesn't just mean to, to go behind. It, it also can relate to, in the Greek word, to pursue. To pursue peace or to chase after it and holiness. So some folks are chasing holiness, but they don't have peace. And so what they're really facing is haughtiness. Because if you don't have peace and you think you're holy, you're really just haughty. Oh, well, I thought I'd have 10 amens on that, but you, you're hoping I don't choke. Okay, so, so we're going to get to joy. So if you, if you go to page 54 or if you turn your page over, let's talk a little bit about joy. And joy is, uh, is a gladness. In fact, on your page, it's the gladness of, of heart. I do love what Calvin Miller wrote about joy because this is exactly what I preach and, and promote. And this is not just a philosophical thought. It really is the scriptural thought. And Calvin Miller writes, there is a difference between joy and happiness. And in Sunday's sermon, I told you that the Lord is not concerned about your happiness. He's concerned about your eternal life. Now, not everybody receives that because we've been taught that the Lord wants us to be happy. And we've told other people that we want to be happy. And when people get a little older in life, they look at their kids and say, it's time for me to be happy. 
that, that's a mess. What that is, that's, that, those are words that will destroy you and your family. Amen. The time for you to be happy was before you had children. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, don't be so sad. But the idea is that Americanism is we got to be happy, 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 happy. And we all we sing about being happy. That's not even scripture. Because sometimes the Lord sends you into the trial. And the trial doesn't end until you pass. But when you pass, you're going to be with the Lord and then you're going to have joy forevermore. So this, now I'm not saying that we can't be happy. Come on, I'm, I'm happy. I think that's a choice. But not every day. You know, you can have a happy meal. But if you have too many of those, you'll have a heart attack. So joy is inter- internal. Happiness, what, it, what is Calvin Miller right? Is circumstantial It's based upon the day, the circumstance. Joy, remember, salvation, it anticipates something. Happiness is emotional response, but joy is something that comes from God. It's inside. And true joy can't be bought. It comes from the Lord. Here's John 15, 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. In you. Think of that. In you. And that your joy may be full. My joy is in you, Paul. John's writing rather. And your joy is full. John 16, 22. This is, of course, Jesus speaking. And now, therefore, have sorrow, you have sorrow. But I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice. And your joy, no man's going to take it away from you. People can make you unhappy. But they cannot make They cannot steal your joy. Nobody can steal your joy. You have to give that away. Amen. And if you're only joyful when you are succeeding, then that's not joy. That's a temporary emotional response. And we've got to learn how to decipher these two. John 16, 24. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. This is such a beautiful scripture. I want to rest here and just tell everybody. If you're feeling low, depressed, anxious, have anxiety, whatever the situation is, here's your prayer. Lord, give me your joy. Pray that until tears come out of your eyes, until you feel the burden. Lord, give me your joy. I promise you that the Lord is a faithful giver. He loves to give his joy. And when you get the joy of the Lord, it'll be your strength. It'll be your strength when you're not happy. It'll be your strength when you are happy. It'll be your strength in all seasons of life. The joy of the Lord gives me strength. But people don't give me joy. People don't give me joy. People make me happy and they make me sad. But they don't give me joy. Anything, are you ready? That someone can give you, someone can take away. The things that people can give you, even if it's a compliment, they can take that away. In fact, they can take it away and give it to you at the same time. Would you like to have an example with your permission? I don't want to give you a big head because I know this probably will ruin you and you're not, but I'm really, I'm really proud of what you've, I don't want to, now listen, I don't, 
They qualify the compliment. I'd rather you just not say anything than qualify the compliment. Just say the compliment. I don't want to puff you up. Well, then don't. You puff me and poke me at the same time. See, you can, if you give someone something, that, that can be taken. But if the Lord gives you something, nobody can take it away. If the Lord gives you a vision or a dream, if he gives you a spiritual gift, there's not one person around you that can take that away. If he gives you a calling, nobody can take that away because the Lord's faithful. He's faithful because the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That means he says, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not going to change my mind because in that scripture, repentance means a change of mind. The gifts and the calling of God, he's not going to change his mind. Once he gives that to you, it's yours. Now you can thwart it. You can thwart it. You can give it away. You can destroy it. But God's not taking it away and other people can't. I just, I want someone to know here tonight, when you get the joy of the Lord in your heart, nobody can take it away. And everyone's going to know that person has something in them. How do they have joy? Not based upon the day or the night or the conditions or their life or their health or their finances. It came from the most high God and it went inside of them. Yeah. So watch Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Paul said, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not temporal pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, but righteousness. The kingdom of God is peace. The kingdom of God is joy in what? In the Holy Ghost. So I say to you, yes, you've got to get in the Holy Ghost because when you get in the Holy Ghost, joy comes from that. Joy comes from that. I'll never forget we got a new Sienna van, 2011. It was so nice. It had leather seats in it. Several of you have driven that van. I mean, we, we sold it to somebody, then they sold it. It's been passed around the church. The back of the van, we had it for about a week, and Roman and I was playing catch. And I just got a little crazy and threw a wild ball he couldn't catch. It bounced on the concrete and hit the back of the van, put a little dent. I was so aggravated. It ruined my whole day. I put a little dent. I wanted to blame Roman. And in my heart, I did, but I couldn't. I knew it would probably ruin him. So I just I thought, man, why couldn't that kid catch it? Just the one bounce. Okay, maybe it wasn't a perfect throw. You know, maybe it was fast as I could throw it. We drove down to Florida one day for family vacation. I didn't know that Nico, he was real little. He decided he would, he would chew on the back of the seat. I've never gotten back there. There's a hole in the back of the headrest where Nico has chewed. We didn't even have that. It wasn't even a couple months old. A dent in the back. Teeth chewed leather. He was eating it. Go ahead. Go get you a new car. Go get you a brand new car. Because the day after you get it and you park somewhere, someone's going to do something to it. Probably you. I don't want to point out a couple of you guys, but I know that you got new vehicles and you, and you hit something like the, the first month. Raise your hand. 
Not all of you raise your hand because I know, I know who you are. Uh-huh. And what happened to you? Because it's a thing. You really loved it, or you thought. You really liked it. It brought you something. But it's going to lose the new car smell. But there is something about the Lord. What he gives you never goes away. It never dents. It never scratches. It never molds. It's the joy of the Most High God. You see... The spirit of the Lord, I'm after that. I'm after, I'm chasing after the joy of the Lord. And I've got to get it from him. Here's a scripture. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. Oh, and peace in believing. That ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. These are words, the attributes of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. They are joined together. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He's going to fill you with all joy and peace and believing. It is amazing what these attributes do in our everyday life. The joy. I, I want to tell you about learned behavior. There's some learned behavior. Um, I have a couple of friends who, who uh, served in the military from years ago. And they had reached a, a particular level uh, in in their skill, and uh, one of the levels, of course, is is the is the dismantling and and the reconstruction of their firearm. And so, one of my friends talked about it, and he, he said, "Well, Jeff, we, I did this so many times." And so, just sitting at at the table that day, he just took took his rifle apart as we talked and he didn't even look at it he just took it apart and as he was laying it out I was looking down at him and just and then just put it back together just quickly it's called muscle memory uh, we our police officers that protect us they need to spend time uh, in practice they need to shoot they need to go to a firing range um, I don't want them to be a Barney Fife when I'm in trouble Listen, if someone's coming after me, I need, I need a police officer that doesn't think about where's my bullet? What's my gun? What is this big thing on my side? Now, some of you carry, but you don't have any muscle memory. You have barely a little memory. I'm concerned about you. You know who you are. We'll die of crossfire before you get out. I'm dead. You know who you are. You couldn't even get me a glass of water. I'm dying up here, but you got something on your side listen I want a police officer I want a police officer that can that can help me because when you're in danger you need someone who doesn't think about what needs to be done their body their mind has been has been formed to remember without the without the conscious thought it's a subconscious Action. Amen. Uh, one of the law enforcement last year, uh, law enforcement uh, went into action. And before, before the man who was strung out on drugs killed someone with a, with, a, with a knife, the police officer, it was just instantaneous. The police officer made a couple of moves. And when it was done, 
the man was incapacitated on the ground and no one was harmed, but it could have ended very poorly. And when asked about it, he just said, my natural instincts took over. Just like that. And that is, is the training of your mind and your life. Right? I don't know how you feel about all that. I just want you to know when you're in trouble, you're going to want someone to help you. That has been exercising. Now, there's some spiritual warfare going on, and you're going to need to learn. Some of us are going to have to lean on someone who has an instantaneous. They've been working on the power of the Holy Ghost for a long time. This is going to come off bad. When I'm in desperate need, I need someone who knows how to get a hold of God. I don't want someone who's just practicing and trying to pull out from their pocket a little memorization prayer thing. I want someone who has spent some time with God that knows in a moment, I need prayer and I need it right now. And the moment they hear that and that desperate cry, they're already saying, in Jesus' name, and commanding and taking dominion. Amen. And we develop these things in our lives. We develop them. We pursue them. We want them. And, and the fruit of the Spirit is also a development of our lives. Because our natural environment, how did we start today? The saturation of our lives. When you come from an environment that's adverse, anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-church, anti-Lord, you come in and, and people walk in the house... It's disconcerting. They feel the love of the Lord, but they don't, how do I put all of it together? And so we develop over time these attributes that are like the Lord that, that come from the Lord. We develop them over time. We pursue them and we pray for them. All right. Until finally, they become part of our core. And I'm not even thinking about it. I don't have to think about that. Because I've been working on that for a long time. The natural reaction of the whole body is to be a peacemaker. Is to have peace. But that doesn't come without pursuit. All right, here we go. <laughs> peace, bottom of your page. What is that? Peace. I, this is, if you want to write what peace is, and you can just do it with two words, to join. People joining together to join peace. You see, peace is developed between people. You don't know you have peace until what happens between you and someone else has three main characteristics. It's more than an agreement. Yes, it can be an agreement. But an agreement may not, is not the same as peace. It falls under peace, but it's not just, you can agree. In fact, you can agree to disagree. You can agree to walk away. You can make an agreement. But the three main attributes are this. There's a calmness. Out of peace comes a calmness. Wow. The pharmaceutical market has made billions of dollars artificially inducing calmness in people people taking a lot of medication to go to sleep because their minds are wrecked with images and 
pain and grief, unforgiveness and grudges. But the peace that comes from God is different. There's a calmness that comes about us. We're at peace. We're at peace with people. We're at peace with the Lord. The, the second attribute is an understanding. It's clarity of thought. I have peace. I have peace sometimes even when I'm seeing someone developing in their chaos or in their struggle. I have peace. And out of that peace comes an understanding because now I can deal with them because I have an understanding about them. When I, when I know what they've gone through and their environment and maybe the angst of it, the anger of it, I, I'm not embroiled of it. If two people are at odds, if they're, if they're fighting anger, there's no peace and there is no understanding. And, there, and, and finally, there is no resolution. Number three is a settling. There's a settling. When you take a, a, a big, clear uh, barrel of water or a, 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 a flask or something and, and, you, and you have a little dirt in the bottom of it, it'll settle. You may not even know that there is a layer of, of, of dirt on the bottom. But you stir that up and that water becomes murky and no one can look through it. And no one wants anything to do with it. There's, there's some waters that have been, been in that, that, that it's crystal clear. I could see right down 20 feet. I was traveling years ago with my friends. Larry and Steve and I were traveling. We went, we went uh, drove west and we went up to the mountains and we were up in the mountains and there was this little clearing and all of a sudden there was this big, there was a large pond right up in the mountains. The water came from a spring. It was ice cold and it was clear. I could see the fish swimming. It looks like you could just reach out and grab them, but they were 10 feet down. And, you know, we thought, let's jump in. I mean, it, it, we, we had hypothermia after it was over, but it was fun. We jumped in. And when we jumped in and finally got, we were walking out, we didn't know the sediment had, had rested. And when we were walking out, we, that whole pond, you couldn't see anymore because all of that had settled. And this is what happens when things are not settled. There's, there is a lack of clarity there is a there there is things are not clear there's no peace do you know the value of peace when you buy things you can't afford and your credit card debt is so high you have stirred up something that you cannot get rid of and there's no peace when you are worried about everything because you've made the wrong choices let's just stay on money and debt and you've bought all this stuff to try to make yourself feel better. You didn't make yourself feel better. Maybe even for a moment. You were chasing happiness. That faded. And now the credit card bill has come calling. And there's no peace. This is what I know about marriages. Not all of it. But this is what I do know. When there's financial duress. It steals the peace out of the home. Oh yes it does. Now, you can blame the devil if you want. He'll take credit. But it was not the devil. It was you. Amen. Woo! And the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> the problem is that we have 
is that we want peace, but we keep stirring things up and pulling things in our life that, that inhibits our peace. We want the Holy Ghost, but after we get done speaking in tongues, we're not, we're not having peace. Things are not settled. There is not a calmness, and there is no understanding. So I say tonight, we cannot put the burden on the Holy Spirit and say, if, if the Lord's real, he'll settle all this stuff. Not when we have the word. You're blaming God. You're, you're blaming God. He won't put on you more than you can bear, but you will. <laughs> well, he told me he wouldn't, but look at all this. He didn't do that. You did that. He'll put something on you just to keep you in order and keep you in line. Even Paul said, lest I become boastful and proud of the revelations given to me, the Lord allowed Satan to buffet me. Read it in your Bible. The revelations and the insight that Paul had would astound all of us. And lest he became boastful and proud, the Lord let Satan buffet him, torment him, batter him. Paul said, I prayed three times for a thorn to be removed from my side. And the Lord essentially said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to leave that thorn there because that's the way I temper you and give you revelation at the same time. Uh, let me just give you a side note. You want to know more about God? You want to have powerful in information, revelation and understanding and insight? Just know the farther you get in God, the propensity for you to have a thorn in your side is going to increase. Nobody is going to reach a level where they have all the stuff that the Lord has given them without also having something that buffets them in their spirit. Because the Lord is not going to give you something more than you can bear. Now you think that's a burden. You can't bear all the revelations because it would destroy you. That's why he's going to give you a little bit today and a little bit tomorrow and a little bit the next day so that you can keep hungering and thirsting instead of you walking around saying, I know everything. You don't know everything. You're not going to know everything, but you just keep seeking after the Lord. Now, I'm after peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm after that. I'm seeking that with my whole heart. I got to have it from God. I have to have that from God. Now, now peace in its raw form is to join. Because I can't just have peace by myself. Um, now, you can think that for a moment. Really, what that is, that's the absence of other people. <laughs> It's a quietness that's not really a peace because you're going to have to be with somebody sometime. Uh -huh. well, let's talk about that because you're going to have to have people around you and you've got to be at peace with yourself, but you also have to be peace with other people to join, not just in an agreement, but there has to be a calmness. Now, as pastor here, as pastor, I will share with you a few things that will destroy the peace in your home and in your life. I'm going back to the first, the saturation. What is it that you pump into your home every day of your life? Is television and movies, is that what you're bringing into your home every day? Is that what we're allowing every day? Another film? Another bad rated 
thing that comes into the home. This is what you're allowing. This is what you're entertaining. Is this what's echoing in the other room? Really? And then you're going to wonder why, why aren't I settled? Why don't I have peace in the Lord? Well, maybe you've been saturating your home with a lot of garbage. You're not ready for the next word. If I said the words that you allow in your living room from this pulpit, you'd get up and walk out of here. So apparently you don't think the words are bad. You just think it's the wrong place to say them. Oh, I'm praying for peace, Lord. You are praying for peace. Probably the best thing you could do is go light a candle, put on some Christian music, and turn that one-eyed monster off for a little while and guard what comes in your home. Amen. This is such a joy. I want to have peace in my life. I want to ask the church, why do we think it's okay to use foul, dirty, cussing language in our quote-unquote private life? I want to tell you, I firmly stand against that nonsense. When I get angry and hurt myself, I don't say a bad word. But I know too many Christians that give themselves an excuse for the situation. I want to tell you right now, we better get back to the Holy Ghost and to purity of our mind. We want joy, but we're trying to mix all the other junk in with the joy. And there's no room. We want peace, but we're in constant conflict with someone else. You're going to have to say, okay, that's settled. Let's move on. Because I ain't living in that. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to settle that issue. I'm not going to stir it up. You know how to, you know how to have, have chaos? Keep talking about all the things you don't like. And that little bit of dirt will just keep swimming around. and You'll never have understanding. If you want to have peace, let it go. How do you let it go? Stop talking about what went wrong and what angered you. Uh, now listen, I love you, but I know that some of you don't believe that and you're not going to do it. It doesn't matter how many times I say it, you're not going to stop talking about the grudges in your life because that's the only way you know how to live. But I'm just going to tell you right now, if you want to be set free, don't let me, I'm not laying hands on you. I can put, all my, I can put my hand on your head every time you walk in here. It's not going to help. You got you to guard what you're saying, what you're hearing, and what you're watching. And when you do that, there's going to be ultimate joy and peace in the Holy Ghost coming to your life. It'll change the way you live. You'll look like you're happy all the time. And people will say, are you happy? You're, you're going to say, I don't know if I'm happy or not, but I got peace and I got joy in the Holy Ghost. If you always complain, if you're always a complainer, Nothing is ever going to satisfy you. So I was preaching. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling so good tonight. I want to tell you. I, I take back what I said. I don't care if anybody comes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> I was preaching. I was preaching uh, 
place, whatever. And somebody came up and said, oh, we're glad you're here. And um, start talking about something. And I, I just told them right away, lower your expectations. Just, just bring it down, way down. Just lower your expectations. Don't expect anything. Oh, we're no, we're. And I said, just lower your expectations. Because you build something up so big, you're, you're, you're going to be let down. And uh, <laughs> I, they didn't know really how to receive that. I, I wanted them just to know right away. And I start talking to them a little bit. Listen, we want a move of God. We don't want a move of man. <laughs> they weren't prepared for the next thing. But I talked to them a little bit about, you know, diffusing this idolization. I said, we got to have a move of the Holy Ghost. You see, because I'm not bringing it. You think, bringing the revival. I'm not bringing it. No, I'll tell you where it started. It started this morning when you got up. And when you decided what you were going to listen to, what you were going to talk about, what you were going to think about, when you came in here, you are filled with the Holy Ghost. You are filled with joy and power and peace. And you want to put that burden on the pulpit so the pulpit can excite you and bring you into peace and joy. That was not the job of the pulpit or the preacher. I'm preaching the word and the people got to receive the word. And the people, we are all Filled with the Holy Ghost. We are joint heirs together. I'm no better than you. I'm just commissioned to preach the word. If you have the Holy Ghost, you should be walking into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. And not putting the burden on the pulpit to excite your senses. Instead, you walk and say, I've been in peace all day in the Lord. I got the joy of the Holy Ghost. It is my strength. It is my power. I've decided to pursue that. I've decided to join together. If we don't do that, what we're doing is saying, I don't care anything about the fruit of the Spirit. I don't want to exercise that in my life. What I want is someone else to provide something for me. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm almost about to break out here. But I, I'm going to read the scripture. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. What does that mean? That you're growing in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Here's the next, here's the next sentence. For God is not the author of confusion. So that means that there is an author of confusion. The devil is the author of confusion. Just use a little deductive reasoning. There is an author of confusion. The other time we found out what the author is, the Bible says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And God is not the author of confusion, but he must be the author of peace. He's writing peace as in all the churches of the saints. Amen. So this is, this is our pursuit, that he'd start writing peace. Changes the way we live, the way I live. It's the way I function. I'm going to tell you, I can't function. If things are in chaos, I can't function. Now, some of you don't have this problem. I have the problem. It's okay. It's not a spiritual problem. I, I, I have a tough time studying if my desk is messed up. My, the room can't be out of order. I got to have everything in order. I, my mother will tell you I do that from, from a child. Everything's got to be in its place, and then I can study. Now, some of you don't mind. You, you could have socks. Clothes and t-shirts hanging off the lights. It doesn't bother you. And it bothers me. And uh, I got to have order. 
and then I can get to, to what I need to get to. I have to have a moment of peace. I, I try to protect. Watch now. I try to protect my heart before I come to this desk. I don't want to deliver the word in anger. I don't want to deliver the word with a grievance. I'm not coming to this pulpit grinding an axe. No way. Now, if you hear me talking about people posting things on Facebook and writing nonsense, that's not me grinding an axe. That's me rebuking you. <laughs> uh, that's in the Bible. <laughs> Just if you don't want to know. So now I'm not here. I, I don't, I'm not coming in here because I, and coming from a life of chaos. I'm coming with here with the joy of the Lord. I may not make you happy, but there's going to be joy in the house. The expectation is not on me to bring peace, but there will be an agreement in the body of Jesus Christ, and we will settle the matter right now. Amen. Because we're going to exercise the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm not pulling it apart. It is one, and it is together. And all the people said amen.